you are with us, Lord, every step of our way. In every situation that we are in, your promise is you are always with us. In your word you say, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. That's your promise, Lord, to every one of us. Because you are with us, there is nothing that we need to fear of. Because you are with us, we don't, we don't need to be anxious, we don't need to be dismayed. Because our trust is only in you. In a second, Lord Jesus, we're going to actually learn a bit more about your words. We pray, Lord Jesus, for every single of our heart, be it like, like a, a very good soil that's ready to accept your words. And then we will walk in your, uh, in your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys may be seated. Morning, everyone. All right, so while I'm waiting for this TV to be turned on, it's good to see faces. Last time when I preach, I only see a camera in front of me. <laughs> so that was a bit uh, hard to get any response back from, from anyone. So that's good to, to be able to see faces. All right. Okay, let me get ready. All right. So we're going to actually learn uh, about one of the uh, Jesus parable, uh, parable. Now, I don't know about you, but I rarely actually heard this being preached in, in the church. Uh, it's uh, the parable of the uh, screwed manager. Now, we, we don't use the word screwed very, uh, very often in our daily life. So if I, if I actually... Uh, if I actually read from the uh, dictionary uh, what shrewd is. So from Collins Dictionary, a shrewd person is able to understand and judge a situation quickly and to use this understanding to their own advantage. All right. Another explanation from dictionary.com. Shrewd is having or showing astute or sharp judgment in practical matters, sometimes at, at the cost of moral compromise. All right, so if, if I can actually put this actually into words, in, into everyday words, a shrewd person is somebody who has this ability to look at the situation very, very quickly, look at the situation very quickly, and then make a very quick judgment what to do for his own gain. Does it make sense? Now, I'll give you an example of, uh, of the uh, very classic example. You know that uh, during this pandemic, uh, we, well, especially we are here in Victoria, we were locked down for a very, very long time. Let's say, imagine that you own a, a clothing shop. All right. So you own a clothing shop. Uh, let's say uh, before the pandemic. So you sell all the clothing. Uh, you know, uh, people actually come to your store. They try it on, and then you know they, they make a purchase. That's how you make money. But because of the uh, pandemic, uh, people be, being locked down, they can they can't get into your store. So so now you are in the situation that you you cannot make a sale because there is no one actually coming into your store. 
So if, if, this, uh, if this shop owner is a shrewd person, he will look at the situation, think very quickly, what can I do to fix my problem so I can actually keep on just selling stuff? That's when he decides, okay, I need to just start selling my clothing online. That's a shrewd person. Look at the situation and then make a very quick judgment for his or her, her own benefit. All right? So, so that, that's what the truth is. Now, the, whatever action taken after, after, uh, after they, okay, I'm going to do this. Now, that action could be, uh, I suppose, could be a, a, good, uh, a good action, meaning that it, it could be done morally or it could be done immorally. For example, for example, uh, again taking the the uh, the, the example uh, as the shop owner, if he if he or she decided to sell the okay, uh, I'm assessing the situation. I need to actually start selling my my uh, my clothing online. That's obviously a good action. Like like that's a proper and moral auction uh, action. But if if he or she decide, okay. I can't make money by selling, um, by selling um, my clothing here. What can I do so I can actually still living and I can make money? Hmm. I think I will, uh, I will drop a bank, for example. That's obviously not a very good... Uh, that's, uh, obviously, that's a, a decision that this person makes in a very, very quickly, but not necessarily moral, if that makes sense. All right? So, so, uh, so the word truth is actually about about making a quick judgment looking at the situation, the action after that, totally different story. Okay? Are we okay here? All right. Now, let's read from Luke 16, verse 1 to 9. All right? So this is what it says. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possession. So he called him in and asked him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any longer. The manager said to himself, What shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I will do uh, so that when I lose my job, uh, when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in, uh, he called in each of his master debtors. He asked first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushel of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. Now pay attention on this. The master commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world uh, are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcome into eternal dwellings. 
Let me read this, this, uh, this two verse one more time. All right, pay attention on this. This is what we are going to discuss uh, this morning. The master commanded or, or praised, you know, the master praised the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcome into internal dwellings. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle with this parables for a number of years. All right. So some of the questions that actually sprung into my mind when, every time when I actually read this, uh, this Bible, I say, why God commanded this truth or dishonest manager? Why God praised this person? And then why God say that the people of the world is more shrewd than the people of the light? Shouldn't it be the other way around? And then why God say, use the worldly wealth to make friends? Is that even biblical? And then the very last thing say that, why God instructed to use the worldly wealth for the eternal life? What's, what's the worldly wealth got anything to do with eternal life? Let, let's, uh, let's go through this, uh, this sentence one by one. The very verse, uh, first question. Did God command or praise the dishonest manager? Now the straight answer is no. Let me actually read from uh, Deuteronomy 25, verse 13 to 16 from ESV version. You shall not have in your bag two kinds of weights. A large and a small. You shall not have in your house two kinds of measures, a large and a small. A full and fair weight you shall have. A full and fair measure you shall have. That your days may be long in the land uh, that the Lord your God is giving you. For all uh, who do such things, pay attention on this, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination or a disgust, a disgust to the Lord your God. So, so in, the, in, the, in Deuteronomy, God clearly say, if you are a dishonest person, you are a disgust uh, uh, yeah, in my face. So, so, the, uh, so back in, into this parable, so God did not praise the, uh, the, the dishonest person. Now, that you probably start asking me, hey, William, I thought the, the words say that, that God actually praised the dishonest uh, manager. Which one is true? Now, if I, if I read this very quickly, the master commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. So, so God actually praised this person, which just happened to be dishonest, not because of his dishonesty, but because he was screwed, if that makes sense. Now, remember what I said before. It's one thing to be screwed. It's another thing for an action after the scrutinous. 
All right? So God, uh, God basically said, hey, good on you. You are very good in assessing the situation and then make a quick judgment what to do. Good on you on that one. But God did not praise him for being dishonest for the action that he, uh, he took, which is dishonest, if that makes sense. Yeah? Now, interestingly, if you actually read the, uh, the Bible, there are actually a lot of uh, shrewd action in the Bible. I'll, de- I'll give you a two, uh, two examples, um, uh, just, just to name a few. In Genesis 25, remember that the, uh, the story about Isaac and, and Rebecca, not Rebecca Budiman, obviously the other uh, Rebecca, Rebecca, the wife of Isaac. You know that the, the story where they've got actually uh, two sons, Esau and uh, Jacob. Now, now um, Isaac loves Esau, whereas Rebecca loves Jacob. Now, there was a story that where 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 um, uh, Isaac actually spoke to uh, to, uh, to Esau. Hey, Esau, uh, go and hunt an animal and then cook the animal for me so I can bless you. And then uh, while Isaac spoke to uh, to Esau. Rebecca overheard the conversation. So what Rebecca did? Now Rebecca obviously lo- loved uh, J- um, Jacob, and then so he, so he said, "Hey, hey, Jacob, I overheard your date say so. Say this, 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 this. Come on, get Esau's clothes, wear it. I will cook something, bring it to your dad, so he can actually bless you rather than blessing uh, blessing Esau. That's." Shrewd, uh, that's a shrewd action of Rebecca. So, so she heard something, she assessed the situation, she made a very quick judgment because, uh, because of the time frame. And then, and then whether you, you agree or disagree whether what she did is actually right or wrong, practically so. So, so she did something to actually benefit her, in this case benefit uh, her and Jacob. So that's being shrewd. Another question, Jochebed. Uh, uh, Jochebed is actually Moses' mom in Exodus, uh, in Exodus 2. So when, when Moses was born, now at that time, Vero actually uh, said that all the boys that was, uh, all the baby boys that actually brought, uh, born in, in Egypt, they have to die. Because practically there are too many men, in, in, uh, too many Israel's men, in, in Egypt, so Pharaoh tried to actually limit the number of Israel there, and then so when when uh, when Jochebed um, actually uh, bo- um, you know when Moses was born, and then obviously it was a boy, and then so th- by law by law at that time, Moses needs to be killed, Moses needs to be thrown into Niles. So, so Jochebed actually assess this situation, make a very quick judgment because something that has to be done very, very quickly, and then put put Moses in a basket and then put it in the house. That's that's actually an act of truth by by uh, uh, by Jochebed. So there are, there are actually more more examples of actually people actually being shrewd in the Bible. Now, the the next thing is actually say, do people of the world are more shrewd than the people of the light. Now, you probably already actually know, okay, people of the world, uh, they're probably the unbelievers. 
people of the light, uh, they're, they're actually believers. Uh, and then you, you are actually correct by saying so. But let me actually give some evidence, and then I'll actually go from, from that verse. So who are the uh, so people of the, uh, the world? In John 17, 14, 15, uh, from ESV version, I have given them your world, this is what Jesus say, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not ask the, uh, that you take them out of the world, but, uh, but that you keep them from the evil one. So, let, so this is just like, like a thing, uh, tongue twister. But, but basically what Jesus say, the believers, us, us we, are, we, are called, we are not people of the world. Let me actually repeat this again. What Jesus say, just like him, we are the, the, uh, the believers. We are not the people of the world. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are no longer people. Of, we used to be people of the world, but, but now we are actually people of heaven. Our citizenship changed from, from the world's citizenship into heaven citizenship. But, we are still in the world. That's why Jesus say, we are not of the world. We are not the creation of the world, but we are still in the world. This is the same thing like most of you probably actually coming from Indonesia. And then most of you probably still Indonesian. So uh, if I ask you, are you Australian? No, I'm not. I'm Indonesian. But where are you now? I am in Australia. Does it make sense? So, so you, you are Indonesian, but you are in Australia. Same thing with this status. So, so us, the, uh, the believer, we are not the people of the world, but we are still in the world. Now, just hold that thought. Uh, I'm going to actually explain a bit more. Another verse that say in Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, this verse actually basically say, if you are the people of the light, if you are the people of the light, and then one of your char- uh, characteristic is that you will shine your light in front of others. Okay? So the key thing is that if you are the people of the light, you, you will shine your light in front of others. Now, from these two verses, we, we, uh, we, we understand that God on purposely differentiates between unbelievers and believers. One is called of the world. The other one is called people of the light. All right? Now, and then Jesus say, people of the world, they are more shrewd than the people of the light. Is that true? Is that true? Do you think that's true? When I grew up, long time ago, when I grew up, uh, my, my dad, my dad was a trader, uh, you know, uh, a tradesperson, tradesman. Uh, so, so he sell, he sell many things, like, uh, you know, uh, women clothing, those kind of things. And then, and then he wants all his children, or his Swiss was all his children, to be a tradesperson as well. 
Um, and, um, and I remember uh, at that time he wasn't a Christian. Um, he said something like this. A Christian cannot be a very good tradesperson or, um, you know, selling stuff. A Christian will, uh, will never be a very good tradesperson. And then he say, because Christians are too straight, are too honest, are too thinking a lot of things, are too following the rule, are too complying to whatever regulation is. And they're too slow making decisions because of all those things. That's why Christian can never be a good tradesperson. And then I thought, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> because, because every time, every time uh, the, uh, a tradesperson or every time he actually saw an opportunity to make money, he probably don't care about the law. He probably don't care about cheating here and there. He probably don't care about telling a white lie. He probably actually don't care that, that I know that this probably actually not a very good quality goods, you know, or whatever. And he probably say, this is a very excellent whatever. And then, uh, and then, that, and then, then he said, yeah, Christian will never be a good threats person. That's probably what truth is all about. Because probably, and, and then he probably correctly say that, Christians have a lot of consideration. Oh, if I do this, will I break the law? What God say about this? Uh, by the time you're actually wanting to make a decision, it's probably too late. The opportunity is gone. <laughs> Let me give you another extreme example. When I grew up as well, this is a long time ago, I heard a preacher say this. This is a bef- long time ago. This is before there is a social media. So the only way people actually know about what's going on in the world is by reading either newspaper or you're watching the news on TV. Uh, so th- those are the, the only two sources. And then this preacher saying, I never watch the news in TV, uh, from, uh, on TV. And I refuse to read newspaper. All I read is my Bible and my Christian books. And then at that time, I said, wow, so holy, man. (laughs) Very respectful. And then when I grew up, then I started thinking, that's very selfish. You know what? Salvation is not actually for you and you only. Salvation is actually for you to be shared to others so people can actually follow Jesus as well. And then if your mindset is about only thinking about, I only want to hear the word of God and I don't care about other people, well, you violate the, uh, the command of the Lord. Love others just like how you actually love yourself. And then, so... so so, so that, that's actually what make, think, uh, what make me think, 
Of course, that person or that preacher probably not a very shrewd person because he missed a lot of opportunity when he can actually reach, uh, reach out to many people outside just because he wa- he just want actually be. I just want to actually know about my, uh, want to improve myself. I just want to actually read the Bible. I don't care about the news. I don't care about there is things called COVID. I don't care about people that's actually having problems because all I care, I don't care about the news outside because I only care about me. Sometimes we do need to know what's, uh, what's going on in our surrounding to be able to be a blessing. Remember, you are called to be the light and the light needs to shine to others if you if you are a light and then you do not want to actually make sure that your light actually be seen to others that's what the bible said you have a light you put it under the bed and no one will able to uh, to see the, your light and you are going to be useless thank you yeah. Another thing that I want to say, in Matthew 10, 16, this is, uh, this is interesting um, uh, uh, verse. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as a snake and as innocent as doves. See, we are called not just to be innocent as doves. We are called to be shrewd as snakes. And look at the, 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 uh, the first part. I am sending you like a sheep in the, uh, in, uh, among the wolves. Now, I don't know about you. In my workplace, if I, if I actually count in my, uh, the people that actually work with me or sur- uh, surrounding me, there are more actually people that's actually, uh, there are non-believers than believers. And probably actually the same with you. Wherever you go, in your workplace, in your, in your uni, or wherever you go, count it. Are you actually among the wolves, or are you among the sheep? If you are among the, uh, if you are actually among the sheep, then you probably don't need to be as shrewd as snakes. But you are among the wolves. I'm going to read the same verse, uh, which is Luke 16, 8 to 9, but this time from the message. Now, uh, this is actually one of my favorite because it actually put this in everyday's world about what God actually wants us to do. Luke 16, 8 to 9 from the message uh, Bible translation. Now, here is a surprise. The master praised the crooked manager. And why? Because he knew how to look after himself. Streetwise people are smarter in the regards of, uh, than the low-abiding citizens, just like me, uh, just like us. They are on constant alert, looking for angles, surviving by their wits. I want you to be smart in the same way, but for what? Is right. Remember, you're being shrewd. You either actually do something right or you do something wrong. Using uh, using every adversity, 
to stimulate your uh, you to creative survival to concent, uh, to concentrate your attention on this bare essential if i stop there for a second do not actually make excuse i need to be rich before i can be shrewd sometimes it's, uh, and then it says even though you only have bare essential you need to be shrewd so you will live really live and not complacently just to get uh, get by so we are not called just to get by we are not called yeah only i can only do this we are not called well my parents are not rich so i'm not rich we are not called oh well I'm, I'm, i don't have a very good brain i can't study well that's not we are, what we are called for do not be just get by uh, do not just be uh, just get by on good behavior just don't say that oh look as long as i don't do you know if uh, as long as i don't hurt you or i don't hurt people everyone will love me god expects something just an ordinary person god expects something regardless your situation be shrewd look at the situation around you look at the condition around you make a quick decision and do the right way that's what god expects you do not just actually accept oh yeah i only have what i have now i can only do so much that's what people say right i can only do what i can then you are not a shrewd person and then prob- uh, you probably start asking a question uh, how many i have oh jeez i only have one one minute 20 26 seconds uh, i'll make it very quick can i have five five minutes extension if that's okay um so then then you probably start asking question so uh, okay how can i be shrewd now god say jesus then said use worldly wealth uh uh to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone you will be welcome into eternal eternal day so what is worldly wealth okay the bible say in matthew 6:19 to 20 do not store up yourself treasures on earth this is worldly wealth where moth and vermin uh, destroys and where thieves break in, in and steal but store up your yourself treasures in heaven where uh, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal look anything that we have in this world that can diminish in value that can get uh, that that can disappear that can be burned out that that's worldly wealth especially in fact i can say everything that will not help you go to heaven that's worldly wealth that could include your money your house your car your shares your investment property your bitcoin whatever okay you have money the next day somebody can rob you your money is gone you have a house who knows touch wood uh, it doesn't happen your house can be burned out uh, you know burned down you have bit- bitcoin or share one day it's very high next week probably no value everything that you have 
in this what we call a worldly wealth, that will not help us go to heaven. But interestingly, God say, use the worldly wealth to make friends. So, so our challenge is actually start using something that's worthless for heaven's sake to be something that's useful. And, and God say, use it to make friends. If you have money today, if you, if you have money today, why don't you use your worldly wealth, try to bless people, treat them for lunch, treat them for dinner, especially for those people that you do not know. Amen. And then so you make friends and you have the opportunity to, uh, to share about the gospel. If you have car today, and then you go to uni or you go to your workplace, you happen to actually see uh, somebody that's actually going the same way, probably your, your colleague or your, your, your uni friends, you just happen uh, and they're, they're waiting for the bus, why don't you stop and say, hey, look, I'm going to the same uni, come, come actually with me. And then sometimes you probably think, oh, look, I don't want to actually uh, converse in this awkward conversation. Well, if you don't start, how can you make friends? If you today actually have a house, and then, and then rather than actually, let's say, oh, look, uh, life group, let's go to a public place. Of course you can. But if you have house, why don't you open your house and be a blessing for other people? Come and do my uh, life group at my place. I know it's a hassle. I know you have to clean it. I know you have to actually arrange it, make sure that it actually looks tidy and clean before people come. But that's how you bless people. In my opinion, being shrewd for Christian is opening your eyes. Be ready for every single opportunity that come your way to be a blessing for other people, to be the light for other people, and then to reach out to other people. That's what being shrewd as a Christian is all about. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, in my role, in my work, you know, every now and then, uh, my, uh, some engineers actually call me, hey, William, sorry, I'm calling sick. You know, I can't be in. You know, that, and then, you know, oh, yeah, sorry, what happened with you? Oh, I've got cold. Yeah, okay. You know, hope you feel better. You know, see you tomorrow, something like that. You, you usually do that, right? <laughs> but, I shared this with my life group the other day. One day, my, my, one of my engineers actually called. Hey, William, sorry, uh, I can't be in. I'm calling sick. Oh, sorry, I'm calling personal leave. Uh, my son's actually not feeling well. And then, you know, you, you ask a um, normal question to be friendly. Oh, yeah, what's wrong with your son? Is he okay? Oh, yeah, he's got a fever last night. Uh, couldn't sleep, you know, those kind of things. And then I know that this is actually Holy Spirit that actually speaking to my uh, to my heart. Then I start asking question. Do you mind if I pray for your son? He's not a Christian, by the way. It's not like like I'm over the phone because he's he's actually located in Brisbane, so we just actually go. Over the phone, so he's calling me to say that, hey, look, I'm not going to be in today. So I say, look, 
Do you mind if I, uh, if, if I pray for your son now? Because I'm probably the manager. He probably can't say no. Is it? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> then I pray. Um, what's his name? Oh, yeah, he's got fever, you know, such and such. Uh, Lord, you know, just a very simple, quick prayer. You know, um, pray for the healing in Jesus' name. Pray for the parents, you know, give them comfort, peace, those kind of things in Jesus' name. And then the next day he, he, he come in, and then he called me again. I thought that he's going to actually ask for another one-day extension, but, but he called me again. Uh, and then say, oh, yeah, uh, thank you, uh, thank you, uh, and then uh, thank you for the prayer, uh, those kind of things. You know, I'm making an assumption that that's actually um, sincere, thank you. And, and then because of that, our relationship is no longer just a manager and engineer. Our relationship, our faith to be a friend's. Just because I pray. Now, it's not actually about the, uh, the problem actually praying for somebody. But would you open your eyes for any opportunity that comes your way to be a blessing? Opportunity comes to our way many times in a day. And then we think that that's just a common thing. You know, people calling sick. You know, what do you do? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Hopefully everything's okay. I can't do that. But if you see that opportunity to be a blessing, to be, the, uh, to be a light for other people, then you start making a difference. Another, another example. Last year, uh, Surani's dad passed away. So he was in Indonesia. So we were here. So we, we haven't been able to go back to Indonesia. So, so when, when, when he was still alive, we pray for him. Now, at that time, he wasn't actually accepting. Uh, uh, he wasn't a Christian. But, but, uh, but we pray for him while he was still at home. But, you know, after prayer, you know, be healed in Jesus' name. Do you want to accept Jesus? And then we repeat the same prayer when he was in the, in, in the hospital one day before he died. We, uh, do you mind if I, uh, we pray, you know, um, Papa already accept Jesus, those kind of things. Now, let me, let me actually challenge you. You're probably actually in this situation as well where you probably have family or extended family who are critical, currently in the hospital. And then I know, I know there is a struggle. Oh, jeez, I don't think I can pray those kind of things. I don't think, I don't think um, I'm brave enough. How about if they say no? You, you know, I'm, I, I never actually pray those kind of things, you know. Um, it's not me, it's not me. It's probably my preacher or probably William or whatever that can actually pray. Hey, look, this is the thing. If you miss that opportunity and your family or whoever, your extended family, gone, you will be kicking yourself the next day because you missed the opportunity to pray for that person and possibly offering Jesus as, as the salvation for the person. Now, I'm going to close this. I'm going to make this very quickly. This 
if you if you recall this story about this this dishonest manager or this shrewd manager, at that time, he hasn't been fired yet. He was still working. But he knew he doesn't have much time. He knew that he will be fired. It's just a matter of actually waiting. It's just a matter of time. And then while he's got this only short opportunity, he needs to do something to make sure that he can actually prolong his life after he's fired. Let me tell you this, friends. Opportunity doesn't come very, uh, very long. Uh, it, it doesn't stay very long. It comes it goes. It comes. It goes. You, you and I cannot guarantee that we will still be living in this world tomorrow or next week or next month. We never know when Jesus will come on the second, uh, on the second time. Could be the next one hour. Could be tomorrow. Could be next week. We don't know. You don't know, like like what, what happened in Job in the in the Old Testament. Job was a very very rich person, but the next day everything's gone. Just a snap like that. You may think that I'm wealthy enough. I've got ten property. I've got ten cars today. You never know what's going on. Yes. This morning when I actually prepared this, I was actually reminded. There was actually this one very uh, rich person, very rich person. Then he's got cancer. The next three months, he only spent his time in the hospital. Everything that he has, he cannot enjoy it. He cannot live in his big house. He was in the hospital. He's got probably 10 Ferrari that he cannot drive. He's got money in the, uh, in the bank that he cannot use. He can have all the money to buy all the lobster for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now he's stuck with the hospital food. Things can change just like that. Right. And you just don't know when. So will you be missing all the opportunity that's coming to your way? Or will you start to be shrewd? I'm going to... So, so, so a few points that, that we, we, we learned today. God did not command somebody to be a dishonest, but he commanded somebody to be a shrewd in a good way. And number two, we are not people of the world. We are people of the light. And then for the people of the light, we need to shine to others. And then number three, we all have worldly wealth. All of us. Start using your worldly wealth to bless others. I'm not going to read actually more verse, but you know what, what uh, I'm, just, I'm just going uh, to say. You know what, what God say? When you bless others, when, when, when we actually come to see God, and then, and then Jesus say, uh, and then God, uh, Jesus say that, you know, when I was thirsty, you give me drink. When I was hungry, you give me food. When I, I don't have clothes, you give me clothes. And then these people said, Lord, when did I do that? When did I give you drink? When did I give you food? When did I give you clothes? And Jesus say, whatever you do, 
to your to other people you do it for me so you may you may not get a reward for actually giving others but your, uh, your what what you don't realize you're actually giving things to Jesus remember this we need to love people we need to use money but sometimes we change we change it the other way around we use people we love money stop making it right we need to love people not love money we need to use money not use people and then the last things your time can disappear just like that tomorrow next week uh, next week next month start being through now you just never know your time god bless you